Good morning from Sugar City Studios. Beautiful, historic Savannah, Georgia, downtown of Johnson Square, North Point of View with Dr. Walter Kimsey. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning Walter. How are we doing, man? How are we doing? Great. Good. And you? Uh, fantastic. Better than I deserve, actually. <laughs> um, and it's Friday. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So supply chain. Uh, we talked a couple episodes ago about Lindsay's couch. Five mm-hmm. months couldn't get the couch. Finally, just bought the display, you know, model, right? Exactly. Uh, Peloton, you know, back ordered for you know weeks and and months. And one hundred ten uh, million dollars in air freight. Right there, you go. Mm-hmm. So we had the Evergreen uh, sideways in the Suez Canal last week. Everybody's freaked out. Am I going to get my packages? Whatever, all that. Uh, it just seems that, uh, and then we got the uh, the chips, right? Mm-hmm. No com- computer chips for the cars, so they're shut. We're shutting down factories uh, all over the world. So it seems like that as big and as robust as all this, you know, the the online retail is and supply chain logistics, all that. It's sort of a fragile system, which is really interesting in in, in my brain mm-hmm. that something as big and robust and you think that there are multiple channels to get things done or, or whatever but we're pretty interdependent on pieces scattered all over the planet right i mean how fragile is the system well the answer like i often say is it depends right i hate to say that um but it is true well the first part of the problem with supply chain issues like that is that we're really stupid there's no other way to put it. We're just stupid. We don't. Now you're looking at me when you say that. <laughs> no, 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 I said we. I did say we. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, let's go back to 20. Hey, even the dumbest guy on the job has a good idea every now and then, right? Exactly. That's from my dad from yeah. the old construction days. It, yeah, well, you know, how'd you know I was working construction? <laughs> well, look, let's go back to 2011 during the tragic events of the uh, tsunami and earthquake. Uh, that impacted Fukushima in Japan. Right, that was crazy. Yeah, and the, and then the nuclear power plant that was obviously too close to the waterfront, and uh, you know that nuclear power plant became a huge risk of a of a of a meltdown. It could have been really really bad. It took a lot of effort, and there was a lot of nervousness that right. this was going to blow up. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it's not the first time for the nuclear power industry. But uh, the problem is, is having too much infrastructure in vulnerable places. If you get on a train leaving New York, going to Boston, you ride the Amtrak. As you go along the Connecticut coast, it's a really beautiful ride. But for geeks like me, I'm counting the number of power plants that are sitting there right at the water's edge. They're there because they're coal-fired plants, and the ships pull up with coal and drop the coal into the power plant. So it makes sense, right? Wrong. Because... Every day, there is always a small probability that something really bad can happen. And so why I say we're stupid is we haven't moved that stuff away. The port in New York, after they got hit by Hurricane uh, Irene, um, they they could not restart because all of their generators and, and backup power plants were sitting practically at sea level, and the water hadn't receded from the hurricane. And by the time it did, all of those generators were ruined and they had to replace them. So they put them up on really high you know, pilings to make sure that the next time there's a hurricane, they can at least use those generators when the hurricane's done with. So um, we don't think about these things. Um, so after Fukushima's horrible events of 2011, five years later, 
a German resin factory, a BASF factory, got caught fire. And it turned out that the auto industry, which had been hammered in 2011, because a lot of the car parts that are used globally come out of northern Japan. And so as northern Japan stayed shut, a lot of car plants had to stay shut. Five years later, the same a resin factory catches fire, and it shuts down the global auto industry again. Uh, so, you know, and here we are now with the microchips. Right? Exactly. So yeah. let's talk about what, you know, when you, when you look at your supply chain, you have to look at it by tier. You've got tier one, your immediate suppliers. Tier two is their suppliers. Tier three is the supplier suppliers suppliers. And you probably need to look at tier four. So you need to look at four tiers in your supply chain. And then it's important to look at the risks and the risks can be catastrophic, you know, natural events. Uh, which, by the way, is the climate continues to warm. Uh, we don't know why it's warming, but we do know that it's warming. And, um, you know, things like sea level rise, uh, you know, which cause storm water to drain more slowly than ever from the coast. Therefore, it becomes a, a supply chain risk. Uh, we do have that issue. We have uh, uh, regulatory issues, like when we figured out that the United States was too dependent on China. Uh, so there's always regulatory things to watch right. for. Yeah. And then you even have social events, uh, you know, social unrest. It could be as simple as a union strike or um, people getting unhappy over something and uh, protesting in the streets and rioting. And, and so, uh, you know, these things, like risks have to be identified. You have to see where in your tier one through tier four supply chain you're getting risks and you need to take, you know, measures to avoid that. But that costs money. And right now, we are, America is too focused on the profit margins of companies right. and not focused enough on making sure we're safe. And that's what the Trump administration, now followed by the Biden administration, is, is pushing. Yeah. Well, you know, back to what we talked about last session, which is, you know, you know proper planning and, and engineering. And sometimes it is better just to back it off a little bit, slow down. Let's, let's really figure out what we're doing here, right? Exactly. So yesterday was at the Secretary of Commerce's uh, uh, advisory committee meeting. It's the quarterly meeting of, the, of, the, of this federal advisory committee. And uh, we now have a new director of the Office of Supply Chain in the Commerce Department. And she told us, and this is Port Authority executives and, and railroads and uh, big companies like Amazon, you know, Walmart, yeah. You know, all, all are part of this committee. And uh, what they told us is that um, they are looking at critical industries to fix things near term for, for risk issues. And uh, just like we have risk issues filming here, because we just heard the airplane flying behind us. <laughs> and then over the next one year, they're looking at long term, you know, where, what is critical and how do we fix it across food, water, and a bunch of other key industries. So, uh, wow, you guys heard it here first, too, by the way. That's that's like all off the press, right? Absolutely. Out of the conference room uh, in D.C. And exactly. And I may be on one of the teams working for the USDA because I spent too much time in agriculture. Right. But they were trying to figure out what happened during the coronavirus period that put American food supply, you know, at risk. That's, so that's good news. That's good news to, to hear that our U.S. government is actually sort of dialing into the things that we really need to be looking at long term. Right. So one thing that is going to last, I think, from the coronavirus episode is uh, instead of just in time inventory management, it's going to be just in time plus just yeah. in case inventory. 
Yeah, just in case. Exactly. Like it. Hey, Walter, always a pleasure. It's fun. All right, see Take you care. soon.